The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Radio Tony with Tony Lontis. Author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Radio Tony. Your safe space for tough conversations, exposing secrets and talking about trauma and recovery. Radio Tony. Building resilience, talking trauma. Radio Tony. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Radio Tony. Difficult conversations and bringing hope to listeners. Live from the Gold Coast, Australia on W4WN. Good morning, Australia, and good evening, America. You're listening to Tony Lontis live on Radio Tony. I'm really excited to have uh, a wonderful show for you today, talking to Mark Nuss from Destiny Rescue about how they help children and women caught in human trafficking. But before we get on to that, for those of you listening to the live stream on LinkedIn, listen to my live show on radio4aus.com. That's R-A-D-I-O, the number 4aus.com. And you can listen to the rest of the show because I'll only be able to live stream for so long. So how is everyone out there? Um, I'm wondering how it's going for my American listeners. I know that you are spread across the great uh, America, states of America, and I'd love to know how you're doing today. Um, these are incredible times that we find ourselves in, and I know that uh, a lot of you will be in various states of struggle, and I'd really love to know that you're all doing okay this morning. Here in Australia, we're facing further lockdowns, depending on which state you're in. Unfortunately for New South Wales, their fight with the virus is uh, a little more heightened than the rest of us. And I know that many of us are now taking these messages seriously when before we didn't. So I thought that I'd start today by doing a bit of a fact check. And this is um, from the ABC who are providing a daily fact check on Corona information because as you would know across the social media platforms there's a lot of misinformation so one of those and I've seen a number of these so I'm going to talk about the ones that I have seen um, across my social media and they might resonate with the rest of you so the first one is where it's a Facebook post and it talks about the pervasive uh, coronavirus uh, conspiracy theories and suggests that the virus was created in order to bring down economies and achieve In most cases, the theories uh, suggest that China is behind the purposeful spread of the virus. And the Facebook post in particular talks about scene one, uh, the curtain opens, scene two, da-da-da-da, and goes on like that. So um, just to say that this is debunked. China's vision to control the world economy by buying up stocks now from uh, countries uh, faced with the brink of severe economic collapse is false. There is no evidence to suggest that coronavirus originated anywhere other than in nature. In fact, the virus was an animal-to-human transmission, not created animal-to-human trans uh, transmission <coughs> or not created. So uh, the uh, USA... Um, today looked at this report and said that the virus mostly resembled related viruses found in bats and pangolins. <coughs> pangolins are wonderful little unique animals and they're part of the worldwide trade in uh, animals across the world. So the next 
one that I saw was that those with pre-existing respiratory conditions such as COPD and asthma can contact their GP for a rescue pack. gives you a five-day supply of steroids, that's uh, pregnisolone, a five-day supply of antibiotics and can be started immediately if you develop uh, symptoms of coronavirus. Again, this one is a fake hoax spreading across social media. Um, and it's particularly distressing for asthma um, sufferers who think that they um, may be coming in contact with the virus. The Department of Health spokesman uh, told ABC patients cannot receive a rescue pack from their GP unless previously uh, prescribed. The Lung Foundation of Australia also says that the claims of this scheme being available in Australia and people living with asthma and COPD is not true. So that's another myth that I want to debunk this morning. Headlines surrounding the cruise ships uh, have been paramount across Australian uh, media in particular. Uh, you might not know in America, but it is uh, Australia's cruise uh, season and we have huge big cruise ships floating all around Australia unable to disembark uh, or enter port because of the virus situation. So headlines declaring that studies of the ill-fated Diamond Princess cruise ship showed that coronavirus could survive on surfaces for up to 17 days is false and misleading. So the disease uh, Centre for Disease Control and Pre uh, Prevention had detected traces of the virus 17 days after the cruise ship passengers had vacated their cabins. And these were parts of the virus and not the live virus. So again, this is a false premise of being spread across uh, social media and it's not true. There's another one that's seriously being forward, forwarded everywhere and it relates to the uh, petrol pumps and the virus and saying that petrol pumps are super spreaders. It's coming via email and our social media platforms and again the Queen, uh, QE2 hospital in Queensland is said to be the originator of this information and they have declared that that is absolutely false. Um, so petrol pumps, uh, as with any other hard surface, have the potential to spread the virus but not be super spreaders. So again, you can uh, just wash your hands and be careful and you will be fine. So that is debunked completely. The other uh, post doing the rounds of social media is about preventative foods that prevent coronavirus. So coronavirus is a respiratory tract disease. What you eat goes into your stomach. It has no relation to the virus whatsoever. So that's another false uh, premise being spread across social media. And across Australia and America, I just thought that I'd reach out and see how you're all doing, if you're all okay, and what you've got planned for the day. For me, it's yet another day at home. Thankfully, I'm doing live radio, which is such a blessing, and I get to talk to amazing people like Mark Nuss from Destiny Rescue. And so before I go to the first break, I thought that I would start by telling you a little bit about the awesomeness of Mark. So Mark... Uh, has carried a deep and intense compassion for the underprivileged and vulnerable for most of his life. He has three daughters of his own and, experience, has, and experiencing firsthand the plight of young women caught in human trafficking, he is passionate about his role in Destiny Rescue and is determined to make a difference across the planet. Destiny Rescue was a not-for-profit 
not-for-profit organisation started in Australia 18 years ago and it's dedicated to fighting trafficking and sexual exploitation of children in seven nations. Their highly trained agents run covert and raid rescue operations day and night to locate and rescue children who are being used and abused. With the ongoing support of generous donors, they are able to do this work. So when we come back from the break, I will be joined by the amazing Mark and we will talk about all the things that Destiny Rescue is involved in. So over to you, Rebel, and when we come back, we'll be talking to Mark. Radio Tony, bringing social consciousness this time every Thursday evening, live from the Gold Coast, Australia, on W4WN. Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl, discovering a woman of strength and beauty, is the new book from Australian author Tony Lontis. Available in paper, ebook, and audio formats, Resilience is the true life story of Tony experiencing and surviving trauma, abuse, mental health issues, and the ultimate betrayal of someone she fell in love with. Available for download now through all good online retailers and in all good bookstores. Radio Tony with Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Welcome back, everyone. And you're live on Radio Tony with Tony Lontis. Now, just getting back to some of the comments coming in, Larry says they're starting to crack down a bit more here. Pam says the states are closing to people who are not living in them. Sally says more and more places, uh, cases are coming up in places. Patty says not sure if if much has changed since last week. Matt says I know more and more people are taking it a bit more real now. And Janice says things are going slowly here. So thank you, everyone, for your comments. Comments. We have Mark live online with us. Good morning, Mark. Good morning. Hopefully, my uh, audio is fine there. On <laughs> it's <laughs> through, wonderful. Through my I, <laughs> I can hear you lovely. Thank oh, you so go. much. Thank you so much for coming on the radio today, Mark. How are you doing? Oh well, Tony. Probably like everybody, uh, we're we're coping with uh, all the um, changes that's been brought about and. Um, but for us at Destiny Rescue, we're, you know, this has obviously impacted our, our organization because we're in seven different countries uh, where we operate and uh, each country's got their own rules and so forth. But we're still out there rescuing children because in these times we find is that uh, um, the, the, the downtrodden and the uh, people who lack finances actually get more pressure on them. Yes. And and you'll find what happens is a lot of these perpetrators, all they do is just move more underground. So that's increased actually our workload to make sure we track these girls. It, it's indeed strange times. I, I kind of thought that things would be quieter, but I too am finding that I'm busier with phone calls and Zoom messages and people reaching out much more than than was the case before. So, Mark, let's go a little bit deeper into Destiny Rescue and the story of Destiny Rescue and how you become involved. So let's tell our listeners all about Destiny Rescue to begin with. Well, thanks, Tony. Yes, um, Destiny Rescue was, uh, um, was, was um, started... Um, Basically, 18 years ago, when our founder, um, um, he was actually in, he was in Thailand, and he uh, overheard somebody in a bar um, basically bragging that they had uh, um, that they had just been offered a 12-year-old child to have sex with, and that really rocked him to his core. And Tony, who's our founder, Tony Kerwin, um, he's got children, daughters himself, and 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 he just couldn't shake that off, and and he basically went like, you know what? He's got to research and started researching this and found out that it was this was actually a big problem um, yeah. in the world and said somebody should do something about it and he he decided him and a couple of mates decided they could start this so it started out of um, out of Australia 18 years ago and the when you look at uh, the reason for it starting was if you look at um, at the moment 
uh, a trafficking of people because a lot of people think uh, when we talk about this they think just pros uh, they think prostitution but we're talking about a deeper rooted problem where children are forced to do things totally against their will and um, according to the world um, labor organization a child is trafficked into the sex industry. Uh, um, they say about 1.2 million are trafficked every year. And so that's every 26 seconds that you'll find a child is being trafficked into the sex industry. And it's from all ages. Um, uh, and, you know, if you look back, when we think slavery, a lot of yes. times people think, you know, the picture that comes to mind is what happened in the in the 17th and 18th century when people were taken against their will from Africa and shipped all across the world. But in those days, basically a slave cost, if you work it out in today's um, amount of money in US dollars, about $40,000 a slave. So oh. it was only the rich that could do that. But now yes. in today's society, you can buy a slave for as, as little as 90 US dollars. So that is so, and unfortunately, you know, with what I never thought I would grow up in a society where the uh, life is seen as a total commodity. There's no value placed on it, and when, especially when we go into these um, into these bars and these different places where we find um, our children, for these owners, there's no difference between a bottle of beer that they sell or the child. Zero difference. There's no emotional oh. attachment, nothing. And so, unfortunately, um, th this industry is the fastest growing illegal industry in the world. And, oh. and, and it's, it's prevalent. And if you look at, um, according to the uh, uh, um, Australian government, uh, they, and all of these are guesstimates because it's an illegal industry. It's very difficult sometimes to get actual figures on it. But according yes. to them, they, they, the guesstimation is that about uh, uh, 250,000, this is just Australia alone, 250,000 Australian men travel um, in, for, for sex, uh, for sex um, overseas every year. Now multiply through America, uh, people flying from America, from England, from Germany, from everywhere. And so a lot of this is a first will create a problem. We have created the demand. And so these crime rings have really moved into this industry because for them, it is, if you think of, for example, the drug trade, they've yes. got to manufacture the drug in some, some dingy place in a different country. Then they've got to have this whole supply chain to get it to the user. The user will uh, use it, and then they've got to resupply them again and go through all, all these uh, different routes to try and get it to the end user. Where with, yeah. with child trafficking and with trafficking, overall sex trafficking, what you find is they realize, wait a minute, we can take one child, and that child will produce for us over and over and over, and the customers fly to where we are. So for them, it is a way more lucrative business than it is uh, um, trafficking in drugs. So it is, a, like I said, it's a huge problem, but we at Destiny Rescue, uh, just we realize that you can't just look, you know, you can't just look at the problem, yeah. but you've got to be involved in it. And we are... We are boots and all involved in it. And, and there's a lot of other great organizations out there that do a fantastic job uh, um, because it's such a big problem. Like probably during our conversation here, um, roughly 92 children would have already been trafficked into, in, into, into the sex traffic industry. So, and just because COVID, uh, because we've got this problem with uh, coronavirus, this yeah. will actually exacerbate it because there's a lot of reasons why these children get trafficked and then I'll go into it a bit later. But yes, it's, 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 Destiny Rescue exists to be able to get, get these children. girls, rescue these children and give them opportunity to choose their own destiny. Mark, just before we go um, further into this, can you give us a scenario of how these children are taken um, and I know that there's all individual stories for the children involved, but how do they end up enslaved in uh, a sex ring? And are they children from poor countries or do these children come from across the world? Yes, well, uh, in, um, if you break it down the numbers, the, the biggest percentage of children trafficked in the sex industry is, is situated in Southeast Asia. So we at Destiny Rescue, we're we're involved in in like I said before, seven different countries. So, so uh, we're involved in uh, um, in Cambodia, in Thailand, 
in um, the Philippines and uh, even the Dominican Republic. And then we've got uh, a few other nations that we call undisclosed nations because of political sensitive reasons. We can't really mention them, but we operate in there. And so what happens is these children, a lot of times they are trafficked within their own country. But, for example, like in Cambodia, we've, we've rescued children that have been actually trafficked across from Vietnam. So, and there's also, um, you know, I'll give you an example. For example, there was, there was a, a, a big raid that we had organized in one of our countries, and there were uh, um, about 27 uh, um, females that were trafficked from out of China. And, oh, um, no. and, and, and um, we fortunately were able to organize a raid with the federal police in the country uh, that, uh, that I'm talking about, um, that ended up we rescuing them just before they all got shipped off into different directions. Mm-hmm. And so, so how do they get there is, is, a, is, is, is actually a complex problem, but part of the biggest issue of it is poverty. And I'll give you an example what what happens is a lot of people think is, you know, you've got parents that just sell off their kids. And that's only a certain percentage. You'll get a certain percentage of where parents are, you know, addicted to drugs and whatever else, and they end up selling their their uh, children. Um, um, but you've also got cases where family members do it. Like uh, we, one of our girls that we had rescued in one of our nations, um, her 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 parents had died when she was young, and her aunt raised her. And when she was around 12 years old, unbeknownst to her, her aunt started giving her hormones to to kind of let her grow up a bit quicker, and oh. to and then sold her off. You know, basically just a transaction, sold her off to uh, a, a, a brothel uh, as a sex slave. So, so you get different ways. So th- there's that part. But the majority part is because of poverty. And um, what, what you'll have happen is um, children will, uh, it will come to a point where parents just like they cannot afford to, to um, uh, pay, look after their children anymore. And so they tell them you've got to go and find work. And then these girls go out to find work, and that's when these traffickers get their hands on them and then force them into an area they never dreamt to get into. So I'll, if you don't mind, I'll give you one example. Is, um, yes. We had one of our girls that – and this, is, this story you can multiply right across. Um, her, her parents uh, were uh, um, struggling financially, and she, she's, you know, she's, she was a 13-year-old uh, – Parents struggling financially, they said, you've got to go out and find work. So she decided, all right, she jumped onto a youth that took her into the city. And she knew she had a friend that actually worked there at a restaurant. And yeah. so, but she couldn't get hold of her. But she had a number of her friends, but she couldn't get hold of her friends. So she went into, uh, uh, into the city looking for her uh, um, friend to see if yes. she could find a job. Um, then unbeknownst to her, she came to, you know, there's the different taxi ranks, the different places they go to. And there was this lady saw her sitting on her own there and said, came, just came up to her and said, what are you doing? And she said, oh, you know, I'm trying to get hold of my friend and I've got her number. And the lady said, you know what, let me help you, you know, being the good Samaritan um, and said, um, give me her number, I'll phone her. And so she took the phone call and she said, all right. Um, uh, and she, and, and unbeknownst to, the, to this girl, this lady uh, um, basically was just acting as if she was talking to a friend. And mm-hmm. she said, and she said, yeah, your friend said she's working at this place. I'll take you there. And anyway, she takes her there and she said, all right, now um, you can, your friend will come. And, but yeah, you can stay in this room. You can work here in this restaurant, uh, in this bar. And they said, but why don't you put these clothes on? And they were like, you know, a bit of skimpy type of clothes. And she thought there's something's yeah. wrong with this picture. But yeah. um, she kind of still put the clothes on and then, then came out still looking for a friend, thinking her friend's going to be there. And basically all this was, was tricked. She was already in the hands of the traffickers. And, and uh, she was sitting there and then she, she was told, your friend will come later, you know, he lies upon lies. And they, uh, um, next minute they said, well, you've got to talk to these uh, men that come in. And obviously the men are people that travel from all over the world uh, to go and have sex um in in these countries oh. and and um she she was very uncomfortable she didn't know what to do and uh, after and she kept on saying no she didn't want to talk no she didn't want to talk and then a guy who was kind of a regular grabbed her and took her to her room downstairs and said listen you're here to have sex with people like me and the guy ended up raping her <laughs> and she got raped over and over till she complied and she she had she had nearly given up hope 
when finally one of our agents, undercover agents, went into that place, found her, and set her up for rescue and rescued her. But this story is multiplied through thousands upon thousands of these children. And there's so many different ways they get there. But poverty is the biggest one. And then also a lot of times, just one, one last word of that is, parents get into debt and then sometimes these guys get their hooks into them and say, listen, you know, I'm the good guy. How about your child come works for me in the city at my restaurant? I'll look after them. But it's all a trick to get hold of the children. Mark, so the majority of children come from um, a poverty background. Yes. I'm yes. wondering, uh, are children, what about Western children? Do Western children get trafficked and exploited at the same rate or is it predominantly our poorest, most vulnerable children? It's it's predominantly our poorest, most vulnerable children. There are cases of, of trafficking that happens with Western kids. Um, but also, once again, you'll find it will be in the more impoverished uh, countries in, in yeah. Europe that they get the, once again get hold. So poverty is a big, big issue. And then you get ones that get uh, traffic across uh, without their uh, um, uh, permission. Like I've got, I've got um, my two youngest uh, daughters are 10 and 11 years old. Yeah. Um, and they, when, when I, uh, as you can hear the accent, you've got excuse of a South African. So um, in case people are wondering, who is this guy? <laughs> doesn't sound Australian. I've been living in Australia for 20 years, but uh, uh, I've realized my accent's going to stay with me forever. So, um, and, but when I had to go back to South Africa, um, they, they wouldn't let me go on a plane if I didn't have um, um, original birth certificates of my two children. Although I had the passports, everything, I had to have the original birth yes. certificates because the problem of what they said is that they wouldn't allow me to fly out unless I could show that because children have been kind of taken from out of South Africa and oh. flown out and it became such a problem that they basically had to bring that in line where not only have to show your passport, but you've got to actually show your birth certificate that yeah. they belong to you and that they are your children. So it yeah. is a it, it, it is a problem, but uh, in in all in all countries and even in America, there you'll have internally uh, um, people that have been trafficked, you know, by their boyfriends or, or what they thought were their boyfriends and and different ways. But the m biggest majority is because of poverty, and in the biggest majority is in Southeast Asia. Uh, Mark Paula wants to know: Do people really get tied up in all of this? Tied up as in. I think Paul is. I think Paul is in a little bit of disbelief that in modern society, this is such a huge is issue of well, traffic, well, it trafficking is. children. It, it is, and and the thing is, there's so many ways how these girls, uh, like they get forced. Like I said, and I can t tell lots of horrific stories that's come across our path with our girls that we've rescued, but um, the it is the fastest growing illegal crime in the world. And it is it's you're talking about generated from 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 this crime from this you're looking at about ninety billion dollars is generated from this every year, and How much? ninety billion dollars. So it is. This is like I said. I never thought I would be in a in a generation where a human life is seen as an absolute object. And unfortunately, we've, we, we're in that. And that's why we do what we do. Like, you know, and this, I'll, I'll just digress a little bit in the sense of yes. what makes us different from probably a lot of other organizations. There's some fantastic organizations out there because it's such a big problem. We need all the help. Um, but what probably makes us different is that we go in, uh, our guys, we go in undercover and look for these children. A lot of these yes. children can't put their hand up and say, help me. And, and what we find is that um, what makes us different, uh, uh, and I'm going to talk maybe talk in Australian context when I use this example. In Australia, we get the Surf Lifesaving uh, um, uh, um, uh, um, organization, which is nationwide, and you get, the, you get the, uh, um, the, the general component where they'll advertise on radio and TV, and they do a fantastic job educating people and saying, you know, swim between the flags, you know, watch out for the rips, and they do a brilliant job. But on yes. the day when you're in the water and you're drowning, you want a lifeguard there. You want somebody yes. there in the water rescuing you. And that's us. 
We're we're in the dark holes. We're in the places that people won't dream to go into. We go into, and we'll find these kids, and we'll give them the opportunity to be rescued. Mark, are your undercover agents predominantly men? Because the, yes. the issue is predominantly men. That's right. It's 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 our our undercover guys are all all male because this is a male a male to female issue. Um, yeah. And and our guys are, except for one of our uh, um, non-disclosed countries, which I can't go because of security reasons. Yes. Um, yes. But the rest is all Westerners, so they look like me. I've I've had the privilege yes. to go to 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 go undercover with uh, with um, uh, with our undercover guys a few times, and and the truly the people the perpetrators out there look like uh, like me and from all ages from from 20 year olds to i've seen you know the things i've seen in these places it's just uh, 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 um it's just diabolical but you'll have guys that are 70 80 year olds going in there so uh, the, the the abusers there's no age limit for the abusers but they're all men so all our undercover guys are men that go in undercover years Wow, that's really sad. So, Mark, Destiny uh, Rescue works across a number of countries. Which countries are your predominant targets? Can you mention those? Yes, um, like I said, there's unfortunately a few we can't purely because of sensitivities uh, and political sensitivities. Um, but we we work in Cambodia, in Thailand, in uh, um, Dominican Republic, and the Philippines. And now yeah. uh, um, we've got two forms of rescues. I'll just jump in there because certain nations yeah. we focus a bit more on others. We've yeah. got uh, what we call raid rescues and COVID rescues. The COVID yeah. rescues is where our guys go undercover and uh, and and look for children. Um, and once we find a child uh, that has been trafficked, we'll very quietly let them know actually the reason we're there. And then... We'll set them up for, and if, because we've got to get their permission. If we don't get their permission, it's, it's basically abduction. So once we get the permission that they want to be rescued, we'll then f- facilitate and rescue them quietly. And the amazing thing is with a lot of these bars, they won't even blink an eye if, if a girl just disappears on them. The, the, it's Like I said, for them, it's just a commodity. And, and so much so, like, in you know, we've had quite a few cases, but one of the cases is we were following up on a girl and sometimes you've got to go and visit a few times just because this girl thinks you because you're just a perpetrator like everybody else so sometimes we'll have to visit a few times just to kind of build a rapport with the girl but um when our guys went to back to visit with this girl again uh, um about the second time around um uh, uh, they asked for her specifically and the bar owner just Flippantly said, ah, oh, no, she don't know where she is, but yeah, what about this girl? What about this girl? You know, tried to palm off some other girl. And we knew something was wrong. So we went and found the local police and started scouring the streets. And unfortunately, we found her little body was dumped on this in, a, in an alleyway by a person who booked her out, abused her, killed her, and just dumped her. Oh, and, and this is where I say, unfortunately, people don't realize this is a hidden crime, but it is worldwide. And and the more people know and start asking questions about it, the better. Because the more you shine a light on something, absolutely. Um, even if it's dark, the more you shine a light, the better it is um, for, for, for all these kids. Because the more you talk about it, even things like this, and that's why, Tony, I'm so grateful you gave me this opportunity. Because we need to talk about it. Uh, we need to, it's not something we can hide away. I've, uh, and I have, I understand this is traumatic for people. I've had people, when I start talking, they said, no, I don't want to hear it. Uh, yeah. I understand it's traumatic, but we have to we talk must, about it. We must talk about it. Um, Mark, I've got and, some questions coming in. Angie wants to know, so old men, are they even able to still, uh, she says, so old men, are they even able to, you know, anymore? And I'm going to, uh, Angie, <laughs> old men are absolutely able to perpetrate yes. the crime of totally. rape. Totally. There's no age limit. No, no, there isn't, unfortunately. And in some of these places I've, uh, that I've been in, you literally, what you, you can't believe actually what you see. People will do things right in front of you. It's the, <laughs> all I can say, the depravity of, of, of what you see has got no bounds. And... And for our agents, uh, I take my hat off for our guys that are undercover. Uh, they they see this because they these uh, basically seven days. Uh, uh, they go out every night and do investigative work looking for these girls. Because another part of what I was talking about our 
our um, rescues. We've also got raid rescues. We're, over the time, we've built up uh, um, great contacts with federal police in the different countries. So what we're really, because a lot of times, yes, we want to um, um, rescue the one at a time, but we also, a lot of time, there's lots of girls in there that have been trafficked in some of these places. So we want to uh, basically rescue all of them. And so what we've organized is we'll get, our guys will undergo undercover and they'll also get, get evidence and build up a case against a certain establishment. And once we've got enough evidence, we'll actually hand that all over to the local federal police. And then the federal police will set up a raid and our guys are involved with it in the sense of making sure that all the children that we've seen are there are rescued as well. Um, yeah. And so they'll do a raid and uh, um, with the raid, they then basically go in and shut the whole place down and the owners, the perpetrators, the managers all get thrown into jail and then these girls get all set free. And that's why also the ages vary from different places to different places because just because people have turned 18 doesn't mean they've not, uh, they're not trafficked. Um, you've right. got adults that have been trafficked, they're against their will. And, the, and these bars, because a lot of times they're in bars and karaoke bars are insidious. They, they make sure the house always wins. And so what they'll do is what people don't realize is a lot of these bars not only get women get forced to go into them and they'll be forced there through coercion, to, through fear, through a lot of ways how they uh, keep control of them, but they also add a control of debt bondage on them. So what they'll do is every girl has a, got a budget every night. Now, we're talking seven, seven nights a week. Every, every night they've got a budget of, to fulfill of how many drinks get bought for them by customers. Mm. If they don't hit that budget, that whole amount becomes a debt against them. So, so, uh, so by the time they become adults, they already they've already got this debt bondage over them that they just can't see a way out unless they get rescued. And, and just another quick fact is the World Labour Organization's est well, the estimations are about uh, children in according to sex trafficking, their life expectancy is only seven years. They don't <gasps> last. And because you've got to think, this is all. If this is not stuff done wildly in the open. It's all, a lot of it is hidden. And for us, that's why there's such an urgency even now with the coronavirus issues and the restrictions. We're still finding ways how to get out there to track where the girls are being moved to and making sure that we can keep on rescuing. That's why, for example, we've already, like last week alone, we rescued 15. So it's, so our work, all this has done is made it more difficult, but we're still out there. We're still doing what we can do to rescue them because the vulnerable get affected even more so with this coronavirus. Yes. Um, Mark, I've got a few more questions coming yeah. in. So Tara yeah. wants to know, uh, so the kids, do they ever think that the help is fake? That, the, that, that our help so is fake? Yeah, so what I think yes. Tara's trying to ask is, do the kids believe you when you say that you're about to rescue them? Well, see, here's the thing, and and, and thanks, that's a great answer, uh, question. It is a great question. Um, that's a great question. Yes, that, and that's why we sometimes got to go and visit them a few times, because they think we're, how we get in there, we, you know, is we, 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 for them, we just look like another perpetrator, right? Yes. And so, so we, we quietly build up, but they realize after a while something is different about about these guys. There's just something yeah. different. Um, I'll, and I'll just kind of divert a little bit. When I was in, it was in Padia. Uh, um, when I was in Padia and was one of the in, in one of these bars, I was sitting next to this girl, and and after a while she became that relaxed, and she was obviously tired, but she became that relaxed. She fell asleep on on my shoulder, leaning yeah. against my shoulder. And the mama son there came running over to try and wake to wake her up because that's a big no-no. And I just kind of threw money at her and said, go away. And I just let this girl in. She probably slept for a good 15 minutes on my shoulder because she felt peaceful enough that something was different about me. Yes. But so, but yes, so they don't know who to trust. And, and we've got, we had cases, and I'll just give you, what we'll find is that once these girls, they still all take a chance by saying yes to us. Yeah. So what we do is once we've rescued these girls and we take them to our rescue centers, um, we always make sure we phone ahead of time when we're bringing a new girl in. And the girls who are already in our rescue center will come out and greet them. Yeah. And to see the look on these girls' faces, the relief when they see this, that what we told them was true is, is, is priceless. 
So yes, it is. They they are taking, but you've got to realize how desperate have you got to be to say yes to leave with a stranger who's telling you a story because he could be just another person who tells you another story like yeah. so many others before. But that's how desperate these girls are to get out of that situation that they are willing to go with a stranger who said, I'm here to rescue you. Yeah. And the relief on their eyes to see when they see that what we said is true. And once yeah. they're in our rescue centers, is they, they, we find most of the girls will sleep for two days nonstop. Yeah. Because of the release and the and and they've had no you know very little sleep through and the trauma and everything else they've faced, and yeah. in our centres we that's where we did you know we allow them to sleep and then we we help them with trauma counsel yeah, and then we've putting got putting them back together again putting them back together again so and and we do so many things within our rescue centres for that as well. Jean wants to know what do they think if you have to leave them there? Well, it's. We we don't leave them. If 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 a child will say yes to rescue, we'll we will we'll we'll get them out there straight away. Ah. So the so so the leaving behind is more when we're still building a relationship of trust because you've got to realize these kids have their trust levels have been broken everywhere. So yes. for them, you know, guys suddenly saying I'll rescue, they 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 are not going to just. No. So you've got to build up trust. Like I said, after a while, they realize, wait a minute, this guy's come every time. He treats me differently. Um, you know, he's, 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 he's not booked me out to abuse me. There's, there's something different about him. So, yeah. so, it's, um, so yes, it, sometimes it takes quite a few visits to build that tr level of trust. But once, yeah. they, uh, once they get to a point, they go, you know what, I'm going to take a chance. But we've had cases where it was that bad. Our guys drove in. Um, rode into on their bikes into uh, just it's like a nearly a horseshoe shaped place uh, which they call they they say it's a bus rank but it, all it was a whole bunch of uh, bars which were basically brothels all along the way and our guys went into into one of these and and that's the first time they were at this place and and they walked in and um, and, and uh, I mean basically it was kind of nearly uh, just concrete floor and. And then you had just these little curtains along the side where, where the, and they looked in and there were these little beds and they said, man, you had to really be desperate to want to lie in there. But that's where bar people would take these girls into. So there was like, it was just really rough, rough, dark, dingy place. And they just fell to basically, and they saw, they saw some uh, um, uh, girls there uh, um, and they fell to right on the spot because they could see these girls' eyes yes. were filled with fear. And they yes. just right on the spot said, listen, this is why we're here. Come with yeah. us now, and the girls did. So imagine how how fearful have you got to be to right at that moment go, you know what? This this bad here, that even Happy. if I, I'm going to take a chance, even if it means somebody's going to kill me. Yeah. Oh, the precious little hearts. Lester wants to know. So not only are they used, but they have a price on their heads as well. Yes. Yes. Yes, they are totally. And and. Like I said, they are treated like a total commodity, and and that's for us why when we once we rescue them, we put our through our rescue centres, and we've got different programs we put them through, and in the programs is part of that is is helping them to work through this trauma and work through because their self images have been totally shattered and broken down to bits. So we've got to rebuild these girls, and we give them the tools to rebuild and 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 build worth back into them and show them who they really are, that they, they're not what these people have portrayed them to be and forced them to be, but they are wonderful girls with a destiny. And, we, and we'll build in everything we can to build up their, their self-image and build up their resolve and give them the tools that they can win in life. And, and in our rescue centers, we'll, a lot of them you'll find had to leave school to, and so the education is 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 is, is um, not complete. So we'll 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 teach them like in Cambodia. We'll we'll teach them to read and write and uh, Khmeri, and 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 then help them with the schooling. And then we've got fantastic organisations that we've hooked up with. That once the girls have gone through our restor uh, restoration process and helping with trauma and education and a, and a few other things, we actually get them set up. We believe in the principle of if you feed. Uh, uh, give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. But if you teach them how to fish, they'll feed themselves and their family for the rest of their life. So what we do is not only help them in that area, but we also set them up with wonderful organizations that actually hook up from us. Um, 
Yes. And, and for example, in Cambodia, we've got this fantastic uh, friend-star patisserie that if the girls want to go that direction, they'll take our girls and train them up for two years to become patisserie chefs. And um, you can't, this is not video link, but if you see me, you'll realize I like my food. And, <laughs> and, I, and, and I've sampled some of their products, and I tell you, it is brilliant. It's fantastic. This place even got... Uh, got second or third place in in, in, in in a major competition as well. And so once these schools are trained up, but uh, they'll train them up and they'll even employ them after that. But what what we what they found is that other restaurants would want to employ these schools because they train so well. And then we've got many other avenues, like within our own centers, we'll, we'll have training like um, one of the areas that we found is kind of the most efficient way to train them up is, 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 and that's the girls that want to go in that direction is basically beauty salons. But when we say beauty sal uh, beauticians, beauticians there is, yes. it's hair, hair, makeup, and uh, nails and that. I, you know, um, when I went to one of our rescue centers, they, they girls insisted on practicing on me and they painted <laughs> my nails <laughs> with this, the, this deep purple uh, nail polish and and, and and after I saw the girls, we had to go on a raid that night, and I totally forgot about my nails. And <gasps> and there I'm going undercover, and I've got these painted nails. <laughs> so I had a few funny looks at me through the process. But anyway, so they teach them. They train them up so that in the end of the day, once they finish through our program and they want to go back to the village, um, and it's safe because we send also – Every girl we send our community workers out to go and, uh, to assess how did they get where they w were, how did they get trafficked, where you know to assess is it safe to go back home? Because a lot of times it is actually safe to go back home for them once they've gone through our programs because the parents were totally naive, didn't realize what happened to them, and because there's a element of shame, they won't tell their parents what happened to them, um. and so. So um, what you'll find is that, and we won't tell the parents either unless they're willing to tell their own parents. So we yeah. protect these schools right through. But what we do is we train them up in the pro on to become the uh, to run their own little business, and yeah. we found it quite successfully how these schools have gone back and opened up their own business, and we give them, uh, we'll give them um, some startup capital to start up with, and as well as uh, um, all the material they'll need to give them a proper start in life. So yes, uh, um, and then. Lots of other multiple organizations we hook them up with. We've also got one group that if the girls show um, so artistic talent with drawing and so forth, that they can have opportunity where this organization will take them and train them up to become graphic designers. Um, we've got one of our other great stories is where one of the girls in the Philippines that we rescued uh, um, um, and she went through our program. She's now working for a marketing firm and um, a very successful, uh, and she's actually started her own foundation. So it's 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 for us um, our our rescue our, our success rate is quite high. We we're sitting on, on about um, eighty four percent of our girls don't return or get trafficked again. The other remaining percentage, uh, a, a good uh, um, a good uh, nine percent, is just girls that we've lost contact along the way they get married they moved etc and then there are still unfortunately a small percentage that get trafficked for whatever reason but when we come across them we rescue them straight away again yeah. but we've we've probably got one of the highest success rates because we've got this whole program in place where we where we make sure that we we give them the tools because no sense in just rescuing them and then and then dropping them back in the same position that we're in so Yes. Art, um, Jasper just wants to say this sounds so hard. The men have to be convincing when they go into these places with the kids, and that has to be a hard thing to do. Um, I'm sure, Mark, you've done it before, and, and we've talked about how difficult that whole process is for good men to go into these horrible places and rescue these children. We are down to the last two minutes of our show today, but I just, it's very important for me, uh, for you, Mark, to explain how our listeners can help Destiny Rescue. Yes, um, Destiny Rescue is 100% not for profit. Um, we're in three nations which we call funding nations. So we're in uh, um, in America, in, in Australia, and New Zealand, where we've uh, a, a registered a not for profit organization. Yeah. We don't get any government assistance. We don't get any government assistance from the countries that we help or anything. It's 100% purely by donations. And so, so uh, and and for us, the for me the, the real heroes here 
is the people who partner with us. And so if they can go onto our website and they and want to become rescue partners for, for as little as $48 per month, they can become a rescue partner and help rescue children. Um, and, um, and if there's people, organizations out there that want to actually fund a whole raid, there's ways we can do that as well. So, Oh, yes. wow. So people can actually fund a whole raid and help save a group of these children. Yes, that's right. So a raid, uh, a raid we're still working at the numbers, but roughly raids cost us about $10,000 to do a whole raid because there's so much work and man hour and everything that goes into it because we build up a case that's for Australian the federal police. Dollars, though. That's Australian dollars. Um, that's US dollars, actually. So US dollars. Yeah, yep. yeah. So and ten thousand US dollars is all you need to do a raid and rescue a group of girls. Yes, that's right. And then for our normal rescues, you're looking at about thousand five hundred to cost us. And then obviously there's still costs for looking after yeah. them, feeding them, etc. On top of that, but yeah. our rescue partners, it is truly a partnership. When, yes. when I, like when I was then sitting in the bar, sitting next to a 12-year-old girl, and I just the reality set with me. I couldn't sit there next to this girl uh, and, and be there to be a, be a vessel to rescue if it wasn't for the rescue partners. Yeah. And the, that's why we, we, we love our rescue partners, and they are just as much part of this than we are. This is truly a partnership. Yeah. So, guys, we are completely out of time. Um, Mark, thank you for an amazing interview. But before we go, listeners, that website to jump onto is www.destinyrescue, D-E-S-T-I-N-Y, rescue, R-E-S-C-U-E dot org dot A-U. Um, Izzy, uh, governments do help uh, Mark and Destiny Rescue with some of their projects. And, Jane, is it only girls that need to be rescued? Mark, one last, qu one last question before I run out of time. It's not just girls, but it's predominantly no. girls? Yes, predominantly girls, just purely what it is. But we rescue about 10% is, is boys from our rescues. Okay. Yeah. So, everyone, we are at the end of the program, and I'm so grateful for Mark coming on to the show today to tell everyone about this worldwide problem of trafficking, trafficking children. Just once more, jump onto destinyrescue.org.au. You can see all of the work that Mark does, and you can help, you can donate, and you can comment or just reach out and tell Mark what an amazing job he's doing and what an amazing job Destiny Rescue is doing. So, Mark, thank you so much for coming on Radio Tony today. Listeners, thank you so much for engaging with us and listening to this very tough chat today. I will join you all live once again next week and also on Radio Tony tomorrow. But that's all. We're out of time now. Thank you, Mark, and bye for now. Radio Tony, your safe space for tough conversations, exposing secrets and talking about trauma and recovery. Radio Tony, a platform for the unheard. Radio Tony. With Tony Lontis, author of Resilience, memoir of a broken little girl discovering a woman of strength and beauty. Radio Tony. Available now on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores. Radio Tony. Back next Thursday from 7pm Eastern Standard Time, live from the Gold Coast, Australia. Mom.